A mother is found guilty for the crimes of her child. Is this a new trend? Also, an appeals court says Donald Trump is not so Teflon. And you've heard the saying, you be you. But what does that mean exactly? Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Corelcast. I am Corel. Happy Wednesday. So very glad you are joining me. Well, you know, we've all asked ourselves this question a thousand times. Uh, whenever we hear about a school shooting, we say, well, where were the parents? You know, why didn't the parents do something? Why didn't the parents stop them? Didn't the parents know they had a homicidal maniac living under their roof? Did they not see the red flags? Why did the child have access to a gun if they were so freaking crazy? Well, Jennifer Crumbly is going to have a lot of time to think about those questions and the answers. You see, her son uh, shot 11 people. Four of them died at a school shooting in 2019. And now, as of yesterday, she is the first parent to be convicted of four counts of involuntary manslaughter, one for each person who died, uh, in the shooting that her son perpetrated. Now, she wasn't at the shooting. She didn't tell her son to go do the shooting, but she has been found guilty. During the trial, there were salacious details that came out of her about her. It kind of made me like her more, actually. A hotel sex party, screwing a fire captain, although she was married. Uh, I don't see how any of those were really relevant to the charges, but they, of course, got brought out. But what was really relevant was she was the last person with the gun. You know, she did. they didn't keep it you know, very isolated away from the child. And more importantly, the kid kept a journal. And in the journal, he was crying out for help. And he says in the journal, my parents are ignoring me. You know, I need help. I feel like I'm going to go shoot up my school. And so I need help. And he didn't get it. Mom was too busy out being mom, you know, having sex parties and carrying on. Uh, and, you know, on the surface, I agree with the verdict, on the surface. But then when I dig a little deeper and I think a little harder about this, I think to myself, I say self. There have been cases where parents did go to the authorities, where parents did tell the police or tell the school, you know, I think my kid's going to snap uh, and nothing was done. We have heard case after case of law enforcement having interaction with people who, before they go do shootings, and then they end up going and doing a shooting, and we find out the cops had them in custody, or the cops went and paid them a visit, or they weren't allowed to buy a handgun because of X, Y, Z, or whatever, and it still doesn't stop them. And so I think, you know, this is a complex issue because it's so we all we need to place blame. You know, as humans, we need to figure out what went wrong and who do we blame? You know, like what went wrong? How come all of these kids are grabbing guns and going and and you want to blame the parents right away? Mom and dad should have seen. Mom and dad should have disciplined the kid more. Mom and dad should have gotten the kid help. But I've seen story after story after story of mom and dads who try. They do 
everything they can. And yet their kid still goes and creates havoc. Because when you're mentally ill and you have access to a gun, it is a very dangerous equation. Now, we all are very quick to say, well, if I had a kid who was this way, I wouldn't have a gun in the house. And if I had a kid, you know what? When I first met Andrew Howard in the late 80s, uh, I thought I knew after I started dating him how I would behave when he died. After all, when I met him, he had HIV. And there was only one drug, AZT, uh, and the prognosis was not good. And when I met Andrew, he thought he was going to die within the first few years of our relationship. Maybe that's why he got with me. He figured, well, I won't be here long. Uh, And so I really thought I knew. The same with my mom. When my mom started getting sick and went into the nursing home, I really thought I knew how I would act, how I would behave, what I would do when she finally passed. Can I just tell you that's all a bunch of bullshit? You don't know how you are going to deal with any situation until you get there. And you can sit there right now in front of me and say, no, Carell, I know. I know what I would do if this situation popped up or that situation popped up. I know. You don't. I'm here to tell you right now, you don't know. You hear about these shootings. You say, well, if I was there, I would have done this. Or if I was there. No, you do not know. Okay? So I'm not going to pretend that I know how a parent should act when their kid is batshit crazy and they have no one to help them. Schools don't help. Police don't help. Their hands are tied when it comes to how much they can and cannot do. Parents can have kids committed. That is something a parent could do. Could you? You know, oh yeah, I could if my kid, yeah. You don't want to believe you've raised a broken child. You don't want to believe that your child is capable. You know, none of us want to believe that anyone we know. I know a few people that I know for sure could become mass shooters. The guy in Long Beach named Tom. I I always thought he was just high on the list of someone that could become a mass shooter. I would never be surprised if I saw, yep, he did it. And I've told the police. When I was in Long Beach, I called the police and said, this guy has a traumatic brain injury, he's mad at everybody, and he has access to a ton of guns. The police went, talked to him, that was that. Left him alone after that, left him with all his guns, didn't call in any mental health professionals. So I have a little firsthand knowledge of what they do when you report someone. And the answer there is not much. So is she guilty? Well, a jury says she is. She could go to jail for up to 60 years for her role in this murder. Is that justice? You know, there'll never be justice for the four dead kids. The parents will never have their kids back. As someone who's been in a wrongful death lawsuit against a hospital and a doctor that killed their husband, I will tell you, there's no justice. There's punishment there's peace maybe and moving on, but there's, there's no justice. How can you pay for four lives? You can't. The kid's in jail forever. Now mom's going and the dad's going to be tried too. Now they say this opens up for other lawsuits when it comes to mass shooters when they're kids. Like the Columbine kids. You know, they got their guns from the house. People knew for a long time they were outsiders. They were outcasts. 
And you know what? When is it not just the parents' responsibility? Why weren't school counselors paying? Should we then start prosecuting school counselors who ignore the cries for help? This kid in this lawsuit, Mr. Crumbly, he said that he reached out to everyone in his journal for help and no one would give it to him. That means school counselors ignored him too. The fact is most people ignore these kinds of problems because they just don't believe that that person is going to go that far. So they smooth it over or they do what they feel they need to do and then that's it and then they would turn their backs and walk away. I think parents bear some responsibility for their children, but where does that end? Where does that end? Does it end at mass shootings? Should we be prosecuting parents of gang members? Why is your kid in a gang? Why is your kid out on the street? Why, why aren't you taking... So how far do we take it in terms of prosecuting parents for what their children do? If their child gets drunk, you know, unbeknownst to them, they're out drinking and they get in a car wreck and the parents provide the car, should they have known their child was going to go... So where does it end? I think that the parents here did bear some responsibility. I do. Mainly because they had guns. If I had a kid in high school, or it, the minute I had a kid, I would get rid of all my guns. It's going to be interesting to see in the future how this goes. I'd like to hear your comments below. Are parents responsible for the sins of their children? And do you think Jennifer Crumbly's gotten a bad rap? Or do you think she should go to jail for 60 years? Because she's going. And I ain't mad at it. I'm not sure I'm totally pleased with it. But, gotta start somewhere, right? It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corel Cast, driving you home or driving you crazy. Everything old is new again. We're going to talk about Donald Trump and how he ain't new. But before we do, can I just say that we've spoken a lot about the Grammys since their show on Sunday. Uh, Tracy Chapman's Fast Car soared to number one on iTunes. Good for Tracy. I wish she would come back to music, but she doesn't seem to want to. And she's got money, so why bother? Uh, but um, I have to tell you, today I found great joy, actual joy. I was dancing. I was singing in my car. I was one of those people. You turn over, look in the car and think that person's having a spasm. That was me. Oh, I was listening to, and uh, uh, Vogue came on by Madonna. Madonna, Madonna, honey, I know that you listen. Will you stop being late for your damn shows? Last night, two hours and 40 minutes. You didn't go on until 1040. Because here's the deal. I was going to break down and get tickets for Steve and I and go see you. I was going to go into whatever debt I needed to go into, up to $1,000. Uh, and, and, you know, he really wants to see you. I ain't going to do it now because the minute you're not on stage by 830, I'm gone. I ain't going to stay and let you go on at 10 and then me not be out of there until one. That ain't happening. Maybe at 65, you can stay up that late, bitch, but I cannot. Okay. 
It is so disrespectful to your audience to sh- set a showtime at 8 o'clock and not go on until 1040. That is just, I don't care what you're doing. Unless you're having major surgery, get your ass to the venue. What else you got to do that night except do a show? Madonna, what are you doing? You ain't got shit to do at 65 except go do a show and be damn lucky people are still buying tickets. Instead, you keep them waiting for hours, you disrespectful witch. Yes, I'll say that. That is just disrespectful, dissing people. But anyway, I got so caught up in the joy of music today. Vogue was on, you know. You got to just let your body go with the flow. And then let the music play came on right after that. Let the music play. We gon' get away. Oh, yes. He tried pretending a dance was just a dance, but I see. He's dancing his way back to me. I thought it was clear the plans that we had made. Oh, my God. You know you all want to sing the rest of that song. Yes, we discovered we are truly lovers. Magic from the very start. Oh, yes. And if you know where the whip sound goes, bam, in that song, then I love you. Let the music play. We gonna get away. Beat won't leave you hanging. No, no, no. Music is joy. Music is pain. Music is is love. Music is is so wonderful. We're not the only species that loves music. All species love music. Music is universal. And you know, the Grammys, people get caught up on the politics of it and who got what award and who said what to what when we should be celebrating the music because it's the music when Fantasia was out there, do-do-do, do-do-do. How many of you were in your house just shaking, just shaking? Go, left a good job in the city. Ow! How many of you? I was. Oprah was. Music is joy. It is laughter. It is pain. It is the human experience broken down to, you know, 16 notes and eight bars of music. It is an incredible Fabulous creation. One of the best things humans ever did. Music. So I just want to say there is joy out there. There is. And you can find that joy in your favorite playlist. Just play it. Play it loud. Get into it. Don't worry about looking like a teenager again. Don't worry about any of it. Sing and dance and play the music you want to hear. All day today I've been listening to Sade and Emily Sande. Oh yeah. And the sun actually came out for a moment. Dear Lord. My heart is with you all in California. It's been raining here in Nevada just as much. Uh, My heart is with you all. It's terrible out there. Please be safe. Okay, so an appeals court in D.C., and this is the ruling the Supreme Court was waiting on, uh, said that Trump is not immune from prosecution. That came out today. And they basically admonished him. And they said, you know what, the notion, you know, and it said the minute he left the White House, he became citizen Trump. And that means he is bound by the same laws as everybody else. He is going to take that to the Supreme Court. If they have if the Supreme Court follows the law, they will kick him off the ballot and they will tell him he's not immune to prosecution. We'll see how in the pocket of the GOP, the Supreme Court truly is. We'll see. 
But, you know, I watched this. Uh, I, first, I watched this thing called Alexander on Netflix. It was great. It was wonderful. And they said, because you watched Alexander, you might like this thing about Cleopatra. Well, I love Cleopatra. Uh, and so I said, well, let me watch this actual factual non-Elizabeth Taylor account of Cleopatra. I learned so much. I didn't know that she had sisters. I didn't know that she had children and that her daughter went on to be a ruler in Africa, that she is the last monarch of the Egyptian, uh, of Egypt as it was. Uh, after that, it became a province of Rome, basically. And they showed her affairs with Mark Anthony and Mark Antony and Julius Caesar, both of which wanted to be proclaimed rulers for life and dictators. Trump ain't new. Julius Caesar told his Senate that he wanted to be ruler for life and dictator, and they gave it to him. They made him dictator. Mark Antony wanted to be king, but Octavius had something to say about it, and Mark Antony ended up dying by his own hand. I didn't know that Mark Antony committed suicide after he got a note from Cleopatra, which, which many believe she said that she was going to kill herself in the note, and that caused him to kill himself. They wanted to be buried together. They, don't, they never found the bodies of either of them, and that's because the Romans uh, did not bury or entomb people. They um, burned them. They cremated them. So it's very probable that Cleopatra and Mark Antony uh, were cremated. But wanting to be a dictator, wanting to be immune for, you know, pharaohs, she was a pharaoh. Mark Antony was a, 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 you know, ruler. Caesar proclaimed himself a god. It's not new that people in power want absolute power and they don't want to be questioned. Watching Alexander, and, and it's funny, Cleopatra grew up in Alexandria, in the, in the city of Alexander. It was under Cleopatra that the library of Alexander was burned uh, when the Romans came in. But it's not new. Cleopatra wanted to be Pharaoh for life. You know, she had to marry three of her brothers. Back then, they married, the, there had to be a male and female Pharaoh, and it was common for them to marry their brothers and sisters. Ew. Like, what is Egypt? Kentucky? So when I heard about how Pharaoh, or, you know, how Julius Caesar wanted this, Julius Caesar wanted that. Mark Antony wanted this. Mark, I thought, see, this ain't new. What Trump is trying ain't new. It's been tried before. It's been done before. And how did it end? How did Rome end? With a fall, baby. How did Egypt end when Octavius took it over, made a prisoner of Cleopatra, and instead of being dragged through the streets of Rome, she killed herself? They believe she actually did it with a poison, not with an asp. An asp, a snake, was the symbol of royalty. That's why they think she probably, oh, no, she killed herself with a snake. No, she, she actually had done research about poisons that do not disfigure the body. She didn't want to be ugly when she died. So it, Trump ain't new. And the difference is now we have courts and we have checks and balances of power to prevent. You know, Washington, D.C. is based on Rome, and that's the truth. There's even statues of our founders as Roman gods in the Smithsonian. And so this is not new. What is new is us telling them no, limiting their power. When I say new, I mean, you know, we're not in 300 B.C., 
Well, Cleopatra was in 44 B.C., 46 B.C. She could have met Jesus had she kept it up. So as I look at Trump, I think to myself, you know what? Your, your kind is as old as the frickin' hills. You know, since there's been rulers, there's been people like you. You ain't new. What's new is our indulgence of him. In Rome, they didn't indulge Caesar when he got too powerful. They killed him. Mark Antony, when he got too powerful, you know how they dealt with him? Drove him to suicide because he lost his battle. Trump ain't new. Letting him get by with it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, Lord. We shouldn't if let you're it. you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily... You're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes, at reallycorel.com. That's really K-A-R-E-L.com. It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corelcast. Driving you home or driving you crazy. You be you. You get told that a lot. I do too. What does that mean when I talk about it? Before we do that, I just want to say, you know, February is both Ember and I, our month, uh, for November and February is when I have all my annual stuff done between my doctors. And Ember is in February. She had her labs yesterday. They came back today. All of her labs are normal for her, meaning her ALP, her liver enzyme, is always really high. And we, she's been tested for Cushing's a thousand times, well, three, uh, and, and it always comes back negative. Uh, and her triglycerides are always 400. High is 200, and she's always at 400, like always. And her liver is a little large. That's, it's been that way for four years. So her, her numbers are exactly the same as they were last year at this time and the year before that. So I, we see the doctor right after the show today. Uh, and we'll see what he says, but I think he's going to say she's good to go. We'll see. I don't know. So I saw the cardiologist earlier today. Uh, I have two cardiologists. I have one in Long Beach, California that measures my aorta. He literally wrote the book on how to measure aortas, and he helped them design the software for echocardiogram machines to measure aortas. And he is my doctor and has been for 27 years. I'm not giving him up. He is now one of the leading cardiologists in the world. He still sees me. He didn't even take my insurance. He still sees me. I love you, Dr. Mendoza. I love you. But I have a cardiologist up here just in case I need one and to follow me and to actually prescribe the med. I have one blood pressure pill because of my aorta. Uh, and so today was my day to see him. $65 copay. He was in the room for three minutes. Oh, your blood pressure is great. My blood pressure was 116 over 70. He's like, oh, your blood pressure is great. I, th I was alarmed. I said, wait a minute. It's always high at the doctor. Why is it so low? Well, don't question it. And I thought, I am questioning it, but he didn't seem to care. My cholesterol is all great without a statin. Thank you, being a vegan. Uh, oh, and I'm making such great progress on Vegan in Vegas, by the way. That's And on the book, Die Healthy. It's, it's coming along. Uh, and so what really got me mad, it was, and, and then he said, see you in a year. And I thought, you're 61 years old, and your cardiologist just said, see you in a year. 
That's because in March, I go get my scan on my aorta. And if there's something wrong with that, that cardiologist will deal with it. But he's like, see you in a year. And when I had all my labs done in November from my primary care doctor, and they all came back normal, she's all, see you in a year. Now I'm 61. And my doctors are like, get out. You're healthy. And it's hard for me to believe. And doesn't mean my neurologist, I don't, he's, he's wanting to see me. But, but the other doctors are like, see you in a year, see you in a year. And I thought, $65 for four minutes. It was, it was literally like, you know, $15 a minute or something that he was in the room. What a racket. Jesus Christ. Not to mention what he bills my insurance. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was just. How many of you have that, that way? You pay your copay, you go in, you see the doc, and the doc's there for like two minutes. You know, you can make them stay. Start asking them questions. We're going to do a show one day about what you should and should not do at the doctor, how to properly see the doctor, when you should see the doctor, how often you should see what doctors. I'm going to do a whole show about that, just not today. So online, I keep getting told, well, you be you. You be you. You know, you, you be you. And today I wondered, am I being me? When I was feeling all that joy about music, I thought, this is what makes you cry. Music makes me cry. When Tracy Chapman was out there singing Fast Car, I was bawling like a baby. It just filled me with such joy. And making music gives me such joy. And having a, a microphone in my hand and being in front of cameras gives me such joy. But I wondered, I thought, you know, you love being on a set, a movie set, well, a TV set. Uh, even now, I've got lights up and, you know, cameras. It's like making a movie. It's, it's, you know, there's backdrops and there's... I love this. I love it. And I thought, why don't you do more of it? Why haven't you shot a movie? You can shoot them on iPhones now. And yes, you say, oh, money is in the way. Andrew left scripts galore over here. There's a stack of scripts this big. I don't need to go looking for material to make movies. He left me movies. I've never made one, and I'm 61, and I want to with all my heart and soul. More than anything in my world, I want to record music and make movies. That's what I truly want to do. But what have I spent my life doing? Talk radio. Television. That's talk television. But what do I really, truly want to do? Record music. Be immersed in music. And movies. That's that's what I truly, truly in my heart want to do. So why don't I? <laughs> Am I really being the best me that I can be? Are you? What is it? Are you doing what you truly, deeply want to do for a career? Did you if you've already retired? I mean, really. And I'm not talking about the little boy dreams we have. I'm talking about what, what makes you cry out of joy. What makes you so happy to do it that you do it free. As I often do. Uh, you know, what? what is it? Are you doing it? And did you do it? And if so, great. And if not, why not? For me, right now, I don't know why I'm not making movies. I could give you a thousand reasons. I don't have the budget. I don't have the cast. I don't have the equipment. But see, I do have the equipment. The camera I'm using right now for the show could make a movie. People shoot them on 35 millimeters. So when someone says you be you, I have to ask you, are you being you? Or are you somebody else? When you look at your life, do you see yourself reflected? 
Or do you see what you're supposed to be reflected? Do you see what your husband or wife wants you to be? What your mom or dad wants you to be? What society expects you to be? What you're forced to be because of money? What do you see when you look at yourself? Do you see you? I see me about 60 or 70%. Because let's be real, I've spent the last 35 years being an entertainer without a quote day job. That was always my goal. I did it. I did it well at major radio stations and television stations and such. So, you know, and I've recorded. I'm a voting member of Grammy because I release enough singles. I may not get to the Grammy stage or I may not get nominated, but I'm in the, I'm there. So, yeah. I would say that I am two-thirds of the way to being the me that I want to be. I just need to record more music and make more movies. Make a movie. Or get involved in a television series, even if it's my own, like Vegan in Vegas. But what about you? I'm being serious. When you look at your life, if you remove yourself and look at your life as an observer, are you really being you? I want you to ask yourself that and tell me on Friday. Tell me in the comments down below. I am Corell and I want to be I want you to be who you want to be so you don't hurt anybody. Oh my god, I messed up my own thing. I am Corell, be who you want to be so I don't hurt anybody. Hello. Uh, we will see you on Friday. I will probably be in the kitchen. <laughs> I want to get in the kitchen. That's another thing I love. I love cooking. Love it. Hey, it's Corell. Amber and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash reallycorel. That's youtube.com forward slash reallycorel for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons of Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. That's patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, reallycorel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free CorelCast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free CorelCast app. Remember... I am Corel. Be who you want to be so I don't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.